So, I went to Disney this weekend. I told you that I noticed that Donald Duck has a anger management issue, but you have no comment. I can't say I've specifically noticed him having an anger management issue. When you picture him, he's there just shouting at the screen, right? Oh, I guess so. Is he shouting or is he just kind of sad? Frustrated. Frustrated, frustrated. You know what? I've realised I'm just drawing a blank. I think my mind has garbage collected all of my memories of Donald Duck. At first I was thinking, is Donald Duck Disney? And then it's Daffy Duck I was thinking of. Either way, garbage collected. And during the carnival, I watched Eeyore in the parade being miserable. And I thought, that's a job for Sir Mike. <laughs> you thought of Eeyore. Eeyore's like an amateur. In what, in, in, in what way? In his ability to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's like miserable, but he's not like high performing. I'm like a high performing depressed person. Actually, I'm not sure I'm high performing at the moment. <laughs> Donald Duck. Donald Duck. What was Donald Duck in that was any good other than DuckTales, which was amazing? But Donald Duck was like a secondary character in DuckTales. He was in DuckTales, wasn't he? Don't think so. He was like on because he was Uncle Donald. Like DuckTales really is about Huey, Dewey, Louie and Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. They're like the stars of the show. So what is Donald in? I don't know. He's a mage in Kingdom Hearts, I think. Which you haven't played, so that's meaningless. Now, I did read that it's a top 10 selling PS2 game, which is surprising. Why? Because I thought it was quite niche. Basically, everyone who ever loved Final Fantasy played Kingdom Hearts, and everyone who ever loved Disney played Kingdom Hearts. But why are we wait- having to wait so long for Kingdom Hearts, then? Oh, you've had like seven Kingdom Hearts games, just none of them have been the one you wanted. <laughs> yeah, Kingdom Hearts has just gone truly insane. It was like 358 over 2, and Shattered Memories, and... Birth over... Birth by Sleep. Remember. My nephew tried to explain to me, well, I say my nephew, my cousin's son, it's like, it's a nephew in Chinese terms, I don't know, they've got different rules for this sort of thing, whatever, anyway, he was trying to explain to me the plot of Kingdom Hearts, and like, an hour later of Organization 13, and he's his hollow, and then he's his heartless, and then he's his, I don't know, it's nuts, you don't know anything about this, do you? No. Hmm. Game Trailers did a great video on it, it's like an hour long. Retrospective. Well, like a plot summary, a plot summary of Kingdom Hearts, if you're thinking of playing Kingdom Hearts 3, whenever the hell it comes out. Good luck. Well, I've been to Disneyland, so now I want to play Kingdom Hearts. Oh, next book club game. It's an option. I wonder how long it is. Actually, has it been remastered for PS3 or 4? It has been. It's been remastered for PS3 and it just came out for PS4, but there are lots of issues because it runs at 60 instead of 30 now. I did not know this. I did not know it had been remastered at all. I just assumed it probably had been. Wow, okay. And he came out end of last month, I think. So okay. 1.5 HD and 2.5 HD. Oh, maybe I should finally play it. I, I told you that I did actually... Well, I had an American PS2, so it was really awkward to buy games for it. When I actually finished my degree and I was actually sent to the US for work for a bit, one of the things I did was buy a load of PS2 games. It was coming to the end of the PS2 era, so they were really cheap. And I bought Final Fantasy X, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, I never finished. I tried. I never finished. Why? I think I just got bored. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is like if you took the the super cliched saccharine JRPG angst 
pretty boy story and somehow distilled it and made it super family friendly full of Disney nurse as well. It was just, it was just too much for me. I think if you're 13, it's probably amazing, but I was slightly too old for it. Do they take Disney soundtracks, the Disney soundtracks and push them into the, the story game? I think so. I think it's just, it's literally just taking all the best bits of Disney and all the best bits of like Final Fantasy and just smushing them together. Why have they not been milking this? They have. They haven't though. They have. That's how they've managed to make like seven games before they've got to number three. They need to fix that. They need but, to... No, because once they do that, the story's over. They can't keep milking the story forever. Just better to keep bolting bits onto the side. Did you intend to talk about Kingdom Hearts' this pre-chat or we just segued into like the most tangential of tangents? No, I didn't mean to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Did you mean to talk about your fabulous hotel room? No, I didn't actually. I heard it was fabulous. It's it's just too much. It's just too much. You you got to see how the other half live. The other half being the other 1%. (laughs) I don't know. So you went to watch your film twice this weekend. Oh, okay. So we're talking about my stupidity now instead. No, it's only stupid because you label it so. I saw Ghost in the Shell twice. Because you're a kind-hearted person. I had agreed to go and see Ghost in the Shell with some people. And then I met a cousin for lunch. And after lunch, my cousin was just like, oh, why don't we go and see a movie? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Because I haven't seen you for ages. Let's go see a movie. And the only movie that was available that had seats was Ghost in the Shell. So we went to see Ghost in the Shell. So you're being ironic when you say, I'm not seeing you in a long time. Let's go sit in a dark room together. You know, you're just going to spend more time with your cousin. We had lunch, went to see the movie, had coffee afterwards. Hang out. Hang out. Generally hang out. So I saw Ghost in the Shell twice. It's got a lot of Hong Kong in it, actually. So much Hong Kong. Like, so many scenes where I'm like, that's Hong Kong. That's Hong Kong. I recognise that. That's central. Is it meant to be set in Hong Kong? It's supposed to just be set generically in an Asian city. I don't know. They kind of imply in some places that it might be like Japan or something, but it's definitely not, obviously. I don't know. I thought it was okay. I know a lot of people thought it was really dumb. I did not think it was anywhere near as bad as I was expecting. But then again, I'd heard so many people say it was awful that I was expecting to, you know, literally sit in the cinema and then have someone sit on my lap and take a dump on me. So my expectations were very low. Do either party know that you had seen the film twice? No, they did not know. So my cousin did not know I was going to see it the next day. And the people I went to see it with on the Sunday, I made no mention of the fact I'd seen it before. I just acted really surprised and still talked animatedly about it at the end as if it was the first time I'd seen it. And did you say, oh, I've heard it's good rather than I know it's good. Trope bad. No, I, I made no comment on it at all. I made no comment on it at all. But this isn't the first time you've done this. Yeah, I've seen... Okay, the films I've seen multiple times because of a similar situation. I've seen Avatar twice. Because again, I met up with some cousins and I'm like, oh, let's go and see Avatar. And I was like, uh, okay, I haven't seen you for ages. Let's go and see Avatar. And I'd already had tickets to see it at some midnight screening with some other people. Whoops. And then the dumbest, I saw Independence Day four times. How? Was, was it re-released in the cinema at some no, point? It was a, this is a long time. This is when it first came out. This is like 20 years ago or whenever. You yeah, know? This is a long time ago. Title. I went once with my parents. And then I went three more times with different sets of friends. But this is four times in the space of... Like two weeks or something, you know? <laughs> the thing is, when you're like that age, you kind of just have to go with the flow. You go 
around some friend's house and their parents are like, oh, let's go and see a film. Let's go and see Independence Day. I'm like, okay. So. Yeah. Fine. I do the same thing. It's fine. You're not alone. Four times though. Four times. I, I knew it so well by the end. I could like recite the lines. Did you enjoy it? Did I enjoy it? I quite liked Independence Day. I actually quite liked Independence Day. I used to have an Independence Day t-shirt that I wore far too much. In hindsight, it's a really dumb film. But no. that laser and the blowing up the city effect, amazing. It's good for when you're 12 years old. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. We're a book club for games. And this week... We are. So we're playing Red Dead Redemption. This is part two. I am Sir Michael, and you are... Tingathy. My therapist. Still, very much so, your therapist. Enjoying it, too. Really? Yeah. Are you taking notes? You're just collecting dirt for later? Yeah, the book deal's on the book deal. <laughs> Getting sorted right now. All right. How to start? We're going to start with the story. So, we have played up to the point of just finishing... The Assault on Fort Mercer. And then I'm guessing you've played a bit more. Obviously. And I, like last time, finished the mission, saved the game, turned off the console. So I've not. That's fine. I've only played a l- two or three missions more. Yeah, I love, I love to cram my homework. I just like left it to like the day before and I was like, oh crap, gotta play Red Dead. And I just played like eight hours of Red Dead. So what did we do this time? What, what happened this time? Essentially... You've come to terms that you need to assault for Mercer. And that's your end goal for this part, right? So we're trying to kill or capture Bill Williamson, a member of your gang. He is hiding out in Fort Mercer with, it turns out, like an army. Doesn't even look very big, the fort, but somehow he's managed to cram like 200 guys in there or something. So you need gear to assault Fort Mercer. Well, you need a carriage, an armoured carriage, a Gatling gun and some ammo. That's what I've recalled. I don't know if they actually spell it out that cleanly, but that is what you end up with. Yeah, they don't spell it out at all. So you have to get the help of three dodgy geezers. Uh, is it Nigel West Dickens? Yep. A snake oil salesman. Irish. A very culturally sensitive portrayal of a gentleman from the Emerald Isles who happens to supply heavy weaponry. And Seth, who, I don't know how to euphemistically put it, loves to dig up dead bodies and loot them. He's very paranoid. And so, in this section of the game, we are doing basically a buttload of errands for these people so that they get us what we need to assault Fort Mercer, culminating in the assault on Fort Mercer. Anyway, the first mission of the section is nothing to do with any of that. No, it's the last... Is it the last Bonnie McFarlane mission? I don't know if it's the last, but it's certainly the last for now. So, Bonnie McFarlane, who helped you when you were shot and nursed you back to health, has been kidnapped by outlaws. Is it actually Bill Williamson's gang again? And they want you to free Bill's second-in-command. Deke, is it? His name escapes me. Whatever. They want to exchange him for Bonnie. And you are supposed to ride out to some territory of their choosing to do the exchange, which is totally not a trap, but it's totally a trap. And then you have to fight your way in and shoot her down before she is hung. Well, she's being hung and you have to cut her down before she dies. 
And given what happened before, I expected something much worse. Given what happened before, in what sense? In the sense that the strangers you met. So you meet. Have you met the cannibal? Yeah, yeah, I've met the cannibal. So after meeting the cannibal, and then meeting the guy you collect flowers for, and then you realize, like, yeah, we'll get we'll get to the strangers later. But these are the strangers. But that's the tone I was coming in with, and I expected something quite dire for Bonnie. It's pretty brutal, actually. Like the the things the outlaws are saying. I didn't write any of them down, and I don't think I could try and come up with what they're saying off the top of my head. But it was pretty unpc, <laughs> to say the least. One thing I did make note of, when you're on the way to rescue Bonnie, the sheriff says, you know, someone steps out of line, you've got to whack him back into shape. And then Marston is commenting about how his son, you know, he's trying to explain to him what's right and wrong. And it seems a bit rich coming from an outlaw bandit. You know, would you really be this like enlightened character about like, oh no, I have to teach my son what's right and wrong. I'm not going to just give him a slap. I somehow can't imagine at this time in history that a bandit would be like that. You know, I would have thought he'd be more corporal punishment than Scandinavian enlightenment. I would probably agree with you, but it sounds better to disagree with you and say, maybe even back then they were slightly, you know, there's always one. Maybe, maybe I'm too hopeful, too idealistic. Anyhow, you get to Bonnie, you rescue her by murdering your way through two dozen outlaws and I use Dead Eye to shoot the rope, holding her up. I don't know if that's the only way to do it. I, I just ran up to her. Oh, really? Best triangle. Okay. She joked about it when I released her. But I don't remember the joke. But that, that broke a bit of... Broke the, the atmosphere for me, I really thought. <laughs> I, was, I can't believe it. Like, when she, wrote, she made a joke, but I can't remember what it was. That's so lame. I'm she, sorry, that's so lame. I think... She wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, you should have written it down, Ting. What the hell took you so long? Stupid man. Well, you weren't exactly helping me. If you think I'm gonna lower myself by making a joke about being all tied up, you got another thing coming. Come on. Punny. Unexpected. Unexpected. But that's the last we see of her for now. Yeah, she doesn't have any more missions, does she? There are no more missions on the map. Maybe there are repeatable missions where you can just drop by to say hello. But... Yes, her chain of missions, for now, seems to have ended. So I just started off with a description of the three characters that we come across now. So Nigel West Dickens, I described him as a snake oil salesman, but you would, in slightly more detail, say... I said he was a charming clown, well-spoken one at that. Uh, I think that's true, I think that's fair enough. He uses long words. He makes allusions to historical events in the classics. And comments that it may go over John Marston's head. Does he actually go whoosh? He doesn't actually do that. I guess that's a 20th century uh, thing. Seth, you would describe as... Well, I said he just digs up dead bodies. You've said... I just called him a paranoid nutter, but that's not very fair either. He's kind of like Gollum. He's kind of like Gollum. And his precious is the map. I mean, yes. that, that's how I kind of viewed him. He's not quite, he, he doesn't have quite the same catchphrase as Gollum was like, you know, my, my precious, but he's always talking about the map. Uh, so there's a, there is a treasure map. Whose treasure map is it, actually? I don't think, they actually do tell you, but I just don't remember. It's like one of his former friends. Yeah. He, 
And it's the other half of the one he has. And he thinks his map will lead him to great wealth. Yes. But, well, we can get to that later. He's always, like, hunched over or trying to make himself look smaller. He's always trying to guard the map and he's very protective of the map. He doesn't want anyone else to see the map because they might get to treasure first. Blah, blah, blah. And is Gollum nasty at any point? Is Gollum nasty? Have you read, have you read Lord of the Rings? I've only watched the movie. That's why I've said have you, what I've said. Have you watched all three? Yes. Yeah, then, you know, it's a fairly accurate portrayal. Okay. My favourite. Irish. I just said, I said a sensitive, <laughs> culturally sensitive portrayal, which is 100% not true. Yeah, there's no, there's it's so like, one-dimensional it's character. The most offensive Irish stereotype. It's like, oh, I'm gonna top of the morning to you. What, what do you say? I thought I'd drunk my last breakfast there or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's always drunk. He's got a ludicrous Irish accent. He's a gun runner. He's like a really flaky gun runner. Like when you meet him, two of his friends are trying to drown him because he's swindled them out of some Gatling gun. And it was a Welshman and a Frenchman. <laughs> Who you promptly shoot. And he's like, oh, thanks. They're my only two friends in the world, but I'm glad they're dead. What? And then he promptly swindles you have a Gatling gun as well. Anyhow, so highlights of their missions. So you start off with the the ra- racing for Mr. West Dickens. The first one's a chariot one, is that right? Yeah, it's a chariot, the first race. How did you find these chariot races? I found it a piece of piss. There's something weirder with the PS3. The controls get sticky. The controls get sticky. Not, not in, probably not in this case, though. Uh, it's funny, because I obviously found the race really difficult in that opening mission with Bonnie. But the two races I had to do for West Dickens, I just first time completely aced them no problem left my opponents in the dust I was like a massive margin between me and the entire rest of the pack that's definitely not the experience I had you're not using the warhorse are you because I'm using this DLC warhorse no, but, but you... I, I don't think it would have affected the cart race and the cart race I also equally just destroyed but it's possible that it takes the attributes of your horse when you do the cart race even I don't know but I certainly had zero difficulty doing it you're just being kind yeah, so first time round, I ploughed straight into the, the crowd. Second time round, there was a fork and I couldn't decide which way to, to turn. Obviously, I crashed into the boulder in between. And third time round, I missed a turning and I tried to jump down onto the right path and I crashed. I don't know why I found... Don't answer that question. Okay, so it sounds like you had a very difficult time. But I got there. I thought you were going to comment on the cinematic trip. So there's a cinematic trip on the way to the race. Well, you know, I thought I, I, I comment on it because it surprised me. It's different because you can skip it. I did find that weird, actually, that you can skip it. I, I didn't I didn't skip it either. I wanted to hear the dialogue, but it surprised me that there was an option to skip it. Most of the other cinematics, there is no option to skip. But I guess most of the other... Well, actually, it's not cinematic. Most of the other times there's one of these long very standard for Rockstar journey to the next mission where there's a conversation as well. You don't have the opportunity to skip, but I guess usually you're driving or so you're riding or controlling the vehicle. So this time, I guess, Wes Dickens is doing the driving, so you can skip. It's weird though. Why not make you drive? drive? I've lost the verb. What's the verb? I think it's still drive, even <laughs> if it's a 
Cart. Carriage. Carriage, yeah. Yeah, so why don't, why don't they just make you drive it? Yeah, it's surprising, because a lot of the other times you have to drive, but this time you're riding shotgun. I guess it's because they're setting it up for you doing the shooting later on. Maybe. Anyway, and then the second race, which is just straight up horses, and you can ride your own horse. There's one line setting it up. When you meet him in the cave, and he tries to rope you into doing another errand, there's a great line where where Stickin says, you know, in, he blows his own horn and to- toots his own horn. Blows which what's the right what's the right phrase there? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think they're both equally wrong. No, <laughs> probably equally valid. And he says how successful he is, and then John comes back with, "If you're so, so successful, Nigel, why'd you live in a cave?" I thought that was really perfect for the situation because he is such a ridiculous character. This Mister West Dickens. All the characters in this game are just shocking stereotypes. So he is the stereotype of a snake oil salesman, which is exactly what he is. Though it was quite funny because you drive to this cave after finishing the cart race. And I don't know if they're expecting to go off and do some other missions first, but I just immediately started the next mission with Wes Dickens. And it was weird because they just kicked off the conversation as if they hadn't seen each other for a while. And I was like, um... I drove here with you five seconds ago. I don't know if your elixir is damaging your memory. But yeah, Wes Dickens is totally taking the piss. I mean, he's totally taking advantage of you. You keep threatening him. You threatened Seth and Irish as well, which again, we'll get to in a bit. But he's totally taking advantage of you. You're like, where's my, you know, where's my armoured cart? Sort it out. And he's like, oh, but we need funds for this. We need money. But you do. You do. How much money do you need? How many people do we need to swindle? How many horse races do we need to win? Actually, I was going to say, do we need to rig? But I won that fair and square by being awesome. Oh, this had this weird thing happened to me on the way to that race. I heard this scratch or clawing, clawing on my horse. And I, I stopped, got off to see what was going on. My horse collapsed. I wandered around to see what was going on. Then I, this, I think if it's a cougar or a wolf clawed at me a couple of times and I died. Huh. That was unexpected. So so you could see it. It wasn't like you were attacked by an invisible thing. It wasn't like a mega bug. No, it wasn't a mega bug. It was just me not paying attention to the environment. So, in which case I'm going to say, can you not tell the difference between a cougar and a wolf? Not at the time, no. A cougar is an older lady who is... <laughs> You're such a... No, but they look quite... They, they, okay, puns aside, they look quite different. They do look quite different. Do they? Are you a cat person or a dog person? Evidently, it doesn't matter because they're the same <laughs> to you. Dimension-wise, they're the same, right? They're, they're about the same size. I was about to say no, but I guess a wolf and a cougar, maybe. Well, now you've I mean, a cougar, is, a cougar is quite big, but I guess an actual wolf is quite big as well. That's all I've got to work on. Or maybe is the the same thing as Cougar? I don't know. But now, I know they are really dangerous in Red Dead. Like, I know they'll take out your horse in like one or two hits. But now you've given me the hint, if I'm honest, it's probably a Cougar. Yeah, because the wolves hunt in packs in Red Dead. So there'd be a whole pack of them. And it's either like a catty sound or a doggy sound. <laughs> a catty sound or a doggy sound? You're not making this any clearer! <laughs> okay, let's just say you're attacked by a Cougar. That surprised me. I thought I was, I'd be invincible on my horse. Your amazing horse that you don't know in particular what it is. You're just using, you're just using the standard horse, aren't you? You've got the, because we've all got the free DLC. But How did you get that free DLC horse? I think because the DLC was installed on my machine when I started the game. 
when Bonnie McFarlane gave me the horse at the very beginning of the game, it was the war horse. Is it not the horse you have to... Break in? Yes. I mentioned on the previous episode, yes, you can use that horse when you break it in. And that horse is the fastest horse in the game, but so is the war horse. The war horse is the best horse in all stats. It's as good as the other three best horses combined. Shit. Yeah. You in your inventory will have an item called like deed for war horse. And you, when you use it, the war horse will just run up and you can just get on it. And if you hitch it to a post, then that becomes your main horse. And anytime you call your horse, the war horse will run up. And if the war horse should die because you accidentally got off it in the middle of a firefight while everyone was shooting at you and used dead eye and then fired all your bullets in the side of the war horse. Just hypothetically, if your war horse should die in an unforeseen accident like that multiple times, you can get another war horse by just using the deed again. How do you get the deed? It's in your inventory. It's just in your inventory. And it's called deed for war horse. Yeah, it's the first item in your inventory. If you push, well, on an Xbox 360, it's when you push like the option button rather than the start button. It's the button on the left. Yeah. And for me, it's the first item in there is the deed for the war horse. Okay, I'm going to check that. Yeah, and you can buy deeds for other horses as well from the general store. So even if I don't have it, I may be able to buy the deed for it. It's the DLC horse. So if you've got the DLC installed, you will have the deed. I'm not sure. Maybe you don't have it. But I've got the DLC. Maybe you started the game before the DLC. I don't know. Have a look. Because the stamina on my current horse is pathetic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Whisper. (laughs) Whisper, is that what you called it? No, that's my Breath of the Wild horse, but they're the same. All horses are the same to me. All, all game horses, anyway. It's funny that you should have named your horse Whisper in Breath of the Wild, because I named my horses after chocolate bars as well, although I don't know if that's the kind of Whisper you named it after. No, Whisper, like, quietly speaking, not Whisper with an A. Did you, did you have a horse called Whisper with an A? No, no, I've got, I've got a horse called Stickers, and I've got a horse called Kit Kat. Well, Kit. And then I have another horse called milky like milky bar it'd be too it'd be too amazing if you had a horse Horse called whisper Whisper. well i still have more horses to catch speaking of the horse stamina actually random mechanic i mentioned this to you before but you have no recollection of it when you first get the horse at the very beginning of the game the stamina of the horse increases after you've been riding it for a while it says oh your bond with your horse has increased does the bar change or yeah it gets longer and then later on while I was riding, it got longer again and said, oh, you've achieved the maximum bond with your horse. And what does that mean? I just had more stamina with the horse. Maybe my horse had amazing stamina to begin with. The bar started out like 80%. And then now it's just like the full length of, you know, like the dead eye meter. It's the same length as the dead eye meter, but it started out smaller than the dead eye meter. Maybe the breed of horse I have always had high stamina. I don't know. I'm just confused because it seemed to be like it was your bond with that particular horse. And then I thought if I got a new horse, I'd have to do it again. Makes sense. But it doesn't seem to be the case. Like when my war horse dies and I call a horse and I just get a random horse, it's got max stamina. And when I use the deed again and get the war horse, it's got max stamina. The weirdest was when someone just nicked my horse and then I whistled and I think my horse just threw them off and came back to me. But then I whistled again and another war horse ran up and I just had two of them, just like twins. Anyway, sorry, random tangents aside. I didn't think to do that. Just a whistle to kick the stranger off my horse. That's clever. Well, another time they did it and I just shot them. But, you know, just, just what you do. Barely need a reason to shoot anyone in that game. Sorry, anyway, getting back on topic, Seth, 
Any comments? So I, I skipped. I need the only comment I had was at the very end of the Seth series of missions. I, I don't know if you have anything f- before that. Not really. We're just trying to get his map back, and then we get his map back. I mean, we, a lot of these stories started out apart from Irish. Where Dickens and Seth, they actually started out in the previous checkpoints set of missions. So we've just been finishing them off. Yeah, Seth, we. We finally locate his map and then we get to the end of it and we find like a whole gang of treasure hunters already there. And he's like, oh, I've got to get my treasures to find a chance. And you have to kill this entire gang of people to get to the chest, which is just in a house. I mean, it's not very well hidden. Let's be honest here. Though The other treasure maps, which we'll, we can come to another time, they're much, much harder. So he finally finds his treasure and it's just a glass eye. I felt for South at this moment. What does actually Seth say? He's like, I'm going to be rich. He's going to be Parisian horse for Seth or something. He, he makes some comment like that. I thought it was a bit ridiculous. But yes, it's a glass eye. So cruel. Master makes a comment. I guess it was very precious to whoever owned it. It still seems like a weird thing to put in a massive box, like one glass eye. They didn't flesh it out any more than that seems strange I, I i feel like there should have been more backstory maybe there was more backstory and i just wasn't paying attention enough to who why? the map belonged to and why weren't you paying attention because i was because i was cramming it it was like you know last minute revision last minute revision let's just do my homework last minute coursework maybe an irish you have no particular comment on irish what do you have to do for irish you rescue him from drowning you get him to take you to where the gatling gun is the Gatling gun that he allegedly was hiding from his companions, who you just shot. Is that in a mine? No, this, this is before the mine. And he's like, oh, it's in that hut, guarded by all those bandits. Oh, it's not. And then you fight your way in, and no, it's not there. And he's just disappeared. And you're like, F you. And then you locate him again, and he's really drunk. And then... Is this before or after he's holding two nuns at gunpoint? Like, before. It's completely ludicrous. Before. Before. And you break into the warehouse. No, 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 no. This is where you get to the mine. Yes. Yeah. So you go, you go to the mine. The mine actually was quite cool. Yeah. For some reason, the miners have the Gatling gun. And you have to go into the mine. And it's quite unusual because it's like a weird indoor area. It's quite different to the rest of the game. The minecart section at the end was quite fun where you're just like pushing the minecart along and it's just... It's like a rail shooter suddenly for a bit. You shoot some guys trying to put dynamite on the track. I thought that was quite anticlimactic. There weren't that many enemies. Yeah, I was expecting it to be this massive shootout, but then you see a guy trying to put a barrel of TNT on the tracks to blow it up. And I shot the barrel of TNT, so like, I actually thought, oh shit, I've blown that up, it's probably going to wreck the tracks. But no, it just killed the guy and I just sailed on through. And he was the only guy. <laughs> Still quite fun. And then following that, then... And following that, Irish is holding two nuns at gunpoint. And you're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I thought they were whores. Does this make it any better? Anyway, and you get the ammo for the Gatling gun. And then you're complete. And then you're complete. Yes. He's a funny character. So, then, the assault on Fort Mercer. So it's not just... I don't... You have the sheriff... The deputies? Yeah, all your friends come together to help you assault the fort. The sheriff and his deputies. Seth has managed to finagle his way inside the fort. And he's, and he's dancing. capering and dancing on a tower. Yeah, come on! And then 
Wes Dickens somehow manages to get... I mean, this doesn't make much sense, really. But Wes Dickens is allowed into the fort because Seth is in there to try and sell his words. I mean, this doesn't make much sense. And Seth is like, come into my humble abode, whatever. Wes Dickens does a spiel about how his amazing elixir will let you fly and be like Veer Island full of strength. And then you burst out the back of the carriage, which has been armoured, but you've just thrown it open. So it didn't really matter if it was made of papier-mâché. And then you just mow down everyone with a machine gun. And it doesn't overheat. You just keep cranking the handle and bullets keep coming out forever. The only bad thing that happened is the frame rate drops like crazy. I, I mentioned to you that this scene with the gun gun, there is a scene in Westworld, which like Westworld is obviously many years later after this game came out. But I saw Westworld really recently. And when I got to this bit of the game, I was like, it's just like the scene from, yeah, awesome. You just massacre like this entire fort for the people, this machine gun. It is crazy. And then when you're done with the fort on the way out, Oh, before that, you have to get out the car and just do it on foot as well. They don't let you get off so easy. Oh, yeah. So you do have to run around the fort trying to find Bill Williamson, but he's not there. And then just when you think it's over, it's not over. So as you said, a whole bunch of people attack you from outside the fort as well, who also have machine guns on the back of carts, but you can just blow those up. And it turns out that the princess is in another castle. Bill Williamson has fled to Mexico. Did you expect that? I didn't really pay much attention to the story. Oh, you're terrible. So I didn't have any, any expectation on it. I, I was genuinely surprised. I honestly thought we'd bust into the fort, we'd kill Bill Williamson, and then there'd be another member of your gang in Mexico that we'd have to hunt down. Like, you think it's over, but it's not. But no, we're hunting Bill Williamson still. I'm actually wondering if we're just going to be hunting Bill Williamson the whole damn game. Because then, you know, there's an interesting, you raised an interesting point earlier was, what about the family? We know he has a family for sure. And it sounds like they're very, very much alive. So you theorise that they may be held hostage, which I didn't didn't think about that. Yeah, because the game has still not really completely clarified what the hell is going on. We know that John Marston has a family and his family are somehow being... Well, held to ransom. Somehow he feels that to protect his family, he has to do this job for the government and round up his old gang. And his old gang, in my mind, was more than just Bill Williamson. But maybe his old gang is also there and Bill is now the head of the gang. So I guess that still makes sense. Yep. I did actually try to... Because you mentioned that your farm is in the Great Plains area, which is to the east of the map. So I did actually try going there. After finishing the Assault on Fort Mercer, I didn't actually immediately turn off the console. I actually tried going to Great Plains, but I discovered there are two bridges that, you know, that cross over into Great Plains and both the bridges are locked down. So you can't get there, which is another classic rock star thing to do. I only realized I couldn't go there because I couldn't set a, a checkpoint there. Oh, really? I didn't even try that. I just rode there. Yeah, you can't set a waypoint there. So that is the story then for now. Until next time. And then what other garbage did you do? I say garbage. What other fun diversions did you do? So last time around, you talked about a couple where the husband had fallen out with his wife, Rose, and you, you are, you're tasked with fetching her. Now you hogtied her and, and carried her over. Is that right? Yes. So I did something 
which I thought was, <laughs> which I really thought was better. I pointed a gun at her and threatened her to come over, but it resulted in the same thing as you, where I lost hundred honor. You still like forced her back at you know. That's not very PC. I don't really know what I was meant. I could have talked to. Her, I guess you could have just given the guy five dollars. I'm not judging you. I didn't do that either. But could have just given the guy five dollars. It was so weird. In my mind, it was just oh, I'm just going to go and fetch her for you. You're respecting the sanctity of marriage, Tin. You're a good. No, I shouldn't say these things. <laughs> it was so effortless to point a gun at her. That's the problem. I'll be uh, saying that in. <laughs> power corrupts this, this is what you'll be saying in the dock after you know it's like it, it was so easy just to point a gun at the guy unlikely i don't think there's many guns in hong kong i finally did the flowers for a lady mission you mentioned this last time yes well you, you mentioned the mission i said i hadn't done it and you said okay fine we'll wait till you've done it so now i've also done it and the way all the stranger missions have gone yes all the strangers have been totally tunes so when he told me about his wife and he wanted to get a bouquet of flowers for her, I was like, she's dead. She's going to be a desiccated corpse. And I walked in the house and there she is all scary faced. And I was like, called it. So I, I encountered this much earlier on. I thought, oh, let me collect some flowers for your beautiful wife. Let me do, you know, do this kind favor for you. You know, I put the effort. It's not easy getting, is it three by five flowers for this guy? And I thought, oh, and the payoff I get is some, as a corpse. It's ridiculous. The thing is, the guy is just like, the guy is totally nuts because he just, he completely 100% acts like she's alive in her chat. It's like, oh, we play bridge on Thursdays. And Marston does actually make some comments like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I forgot. Uh, I can't stay for dinner. I have an appointment with planet Earth. It it actually sounded slightly anachronistic to me. Like it was like a bit out of time. But he was basically saying, you're a nut job but the guy completely is like oh okay he doesn't react to it at all strange one i wanted to talk about the california mission but you've not done it i'm not sure whether i've done it or not because i told you though i had a mission with a weird spooky guy as well who and i don't know if that's like the second part of this mission no you'll know when you've done it because that's not how it ends really okay the mission's called california is it yep okay fine I shall try and do it for next time. Uh, okay. Don't feel like you have to. Come across it when you come across it. Okay. I shall make no effort to accommodate you and we'll forget about it for next time. Why do you have to operate on extremes? Why can't you just be normal? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say to me, Ting? Yeah, it's, it's min-maxing. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to play life like an RPG. It's not working out very well, I can tell you. <laughs> Charisma, one. <laughs> Intelligence, 20. <laughs> wisdom (laughs) one i'm not a priest so the next one asks i wanted to ask you if you had played liar's dice no so well i've played it in karaoke in hong kong it's the it's the one where you get a cup with a load of dice in right and you have to shake it and you look at your dice and there's a people around the table and you've got to like bid oh three threes and they'll say like oh four threes and you'll be like five fives it's that game right yeah at some point you go oh liar and then everyone looks at their dice and it's whether they made their bet or not oh so you already know how to play this game yeah i played it for drunkenly at karaoke <laughs> it's a very hong kong thing to do isn't it well like when you actually book a karaoke room they'll give you the room 
they'll give you a bunch of drinks and they'll give you a tray with a load of cups and dice. Have I been to karaoke more than you? <laughs> In Hong Kong, yes. Okay. Anyway, how did you do? I won, but I I didn't expect to. It actually is not that hard a game. Did Did you know how to play it? No, I had to Wikipedia it. Have you never read Liar's Poker, which is that famous book that loads of people in finance have read? Which one is it? Is this the one about the subprime? I think it's just about the industry in general. But this is like back in the 80s or something. Oh, I've not read it then. Back when it was like crazy town. So yeah, Michael Lewis famously wrote Liar's Poker. And at the very beginning of the book, they talk about traders playing Liar's Poker which is essentially Liar's Dice, but you play it with the serial numbers and a banknote. Something that happened to me a, a lot was I was really slow off the draw. When there was a victim needing my help, I would always arrive just in time to loot their bodies, their dead bodies. This, this totally happens to me as well. Because, you know, you, you've previously mentioned, you know, am I allowed to shoot this person or not? Because if you shoot someone who you're not allowed to shoot, then you get like a bounty on your head and stuff like that. So it comes up where someone's like, help me, help me. And it's like, oh, am I allowed to shoot this person or not? And then they just kill the other person. I'm like, oh, crap. Well, I guess I'm definitely allowed to shoot them now. It's screwed up. So there'll be a prostitute yelping for help. But I'm still not quite sure whether I can kill her aggravator. Yeah, I've seen this happen. And the first time I was like, uh, what? And then the guy just, like, knifes her the whole time. I was like, this is really brutal. It's like a scene from Westworld. And then, yeah, then I shot him. And I was like, well... Not two dead bodies to leak from. Yep. That's yep. what I would think, anyway. Seth, Seth style. Well, they're not going to need it now. And then the second time, I did actually shoot the guy in time. I, I had a similar one where a guy was being held up at gunpoint at, like, his carriage or coach or wagon or something. And again, I was like, uh, what? And then I shot the guys, but they just like, you know, executed him as well. And I was like, oh, crap. So I've never successfully saved that dude yet. I wonder, would it auto-target the victim? Or whether auto-targeting would always prevent me from shooting the victim? Yeah, I'm not sure. This this is a perfect time to use Deadeye. I don't use it that often. I'm really hopeless at it. I, I started using it a lot more recently. Maybe it's the dueling I don't understand. Oh, the dueling. I finally won a duel. I was riding out of my apartment, room, whatever you call it, at the inn in Armadillo. And the same guy who I lost the duel to that other time just shouted out, hey, chicken belly, or whatever it is, he says, let's have a duel. And I had a duel. And this time I had read in great detail the guide on how to win a duel on the Red Dead wiki. And I won the duel this time. And then as a result of that, I unlocked the Deadly Assassin outfit, which gives you double Deadeye, or your Deadeye meter recharges twice as fast. So tell me how a duel works. The key mechanic is that there is a target reticle, which changes size. And you want to push the button when the reticle is the smallest size, and that will fill your duel meter up faster. And also... Where your reticle is pointing on their body makes a difference. So you can actually non-lethally win the duel by pointing it at their gun and you can shoot their gun out of their hand. Or if you point it at their head, for example, it will fill up much faster than if you point it at their, like, their foot. And that's it. And then you basically need to fill up your meter before they fill up theirs. Because when a meter is full, 
then you'll both just start shooting. Filling up a meter is what? There, there are literally two like bars on the right of the screen, one for you and one for your opponent. And as you push, you know, the shoot button, well, X or whatever it, A, I don't know, whatever button it is on whatever controller you happen to using, it will fill up by an amount depending on where your crosshair is and how big the crosshair is. So if your crosshair is on their gun or on their head and it's at the smaller size, it will like fill up most of the bar in one go, for example. Oh, so and I just hammer, I just hammer the... That, that's how I lost the duel the first time. I was like hammering it and it was just like going and going up in tiny increments and thereby I was going dunk, dunk, dunk and then just like filled up and they just shot me. So I, maybe it's not even when the bar is full, maybe it's just whoever's bar is more full after a certain number of like shots targeted. Okay. So you lost a duel then, did you? Yes. Yeah. But also won a duel, but not knowing... but using you did the, it? By using the same technique. <laughs> okay. But you haven't unlocked the Deadly Assassin outfit. No. I'm just wondering if you got like the DLC turned off or something. No, well, my duel was in a mission. It wasn't a, an encounter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think to unlock the Deadly Assassin, you just have to win a duel, like, in the world. Okay. So have you encountered the, the encounter where a lawman will ask you to help him capture two escaped convicts. No. I've come across this so many times now. It's funny, like the random stuff, and it's just what you happen to see. Yeah, because I've, I've encountered some random things multiple times too, and others just never, I guess. So what happened? So you're asked to capture them dead or alive. So there's two. So I, kept, I kill one, and the other one I'll drag back to him. But all he does is he just, he just caps the prisoner in front of you, which I think is really unnecessary. What was the point of bringing them back alive? Yeah, it's kind of dumb. It's brutal, the West. Also had this moment when someone shot me. Obviously, I shot them back. But then, then I had a bounty on my head. I had a similar experience. I can't remember if I mentioned it last time, but there was like a gunfight with a bunch of people shooting at each other. and. Some of them were definitely shooting at me, and I shot someone, but it turns out I just shot the marshal, not the outlaw, and I got a bounty on my head as well. Whoops. But now I think about maybe they weren't shooting at me, and I was just... Yeah, they might have just, they might have just been shooting at someone near you, and you just misinterpreted it. Because I realised like, the lawmen do actually have like silver stars. Or I ran into their gunfire, maybe that's possible. Ah, but still. Even if you accidentally shoot me, I want to both shoot you back. We can move on. We just have a, was it a, a list that doesn't fit in the story nor the Stranger Encounters, Stroke Encounters? Str- stranger Stroke Encounters? This is just like other general impressions, I guess, from the game in this lo- most recent checkpoint. I really suck at treasure hunting. The first map. The first map was a piece of piss. It was not a piece of piss. The, the first map, I looked at the map and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I was just riding around and I was like, oh, that's obviously the treasure map. I obviously know where it is. I just... It's behind where it said it would be. It's what I thought. So I found the, the tree with the noose. But the second picture doesn't tell you where it is, does it? The second picture is kind of saying, well, when you're behind the tree with the noose, go into like a cleft in the rock. Is that what it said? That's how I interpreted it. Obviously, you found it then, didn't you? <laughs> yes. But I haven't found the second one. I, I mean, I've looked at the second treasure map and I just have not seen anywhere that looks like it to me. So I, I agree with you that they're difficult, even though I find that first one quite easily. So I wrote down that it's a night 
well, actually, they, it tells you quite early on that if you hold down X whilst on a horse next to an acquaintance, you'll match its speed. Yes. I think that, that was quite elegant. It's a nice quality of life thing. It's definitely good. And how did you find the lightning effects? I have no particular recollection about them, which to me means they were quite unremarkable. I mean, what doesn't it just like the screen flashes? Is there anything in particular you can think of? It looked like it was glitching. Really? In what sense? It's just like, I thought it just like flashes white for a bit. But the colours, it just, yeah, it just flashes white. Maybe I expected more. I think that's just how lightning was, you know, at this era of gaming. It just seems so jarring compared to Zelda. Well, Zelda looks awesome. Because, like, one thing, again, like, I meant to comment when we were talking about Zelda, but I'm just going to mention it now, completely out of context. The lightning storms in Zelda, I mean, the lightning looks cool anyway when you're in the storm, but something I've not seen done in any other game, which might just be because I haven't played a whole bunch of open world games recently. Like, I haven't played The Witcher 3, I haven't played, like, Far Cry or something, but I've played very many games where you can be in a lightning storm and there's, like, heavy rain and lightning bolts. But Zelda is the first game I have played where you can see a lightning storm in the distance and you can see dark clouds and there will be a distortion from like sheets of heavy rain and there will be flashes of lightning and lightning bolts. And in the distance, you can see this from standing on top of a mountain looking down across the Thunder Plains. It was quite a surprise to me to see that. And I don't think in this game, for example, you can see a thunderstorm in the distance and it can roll in towards you or you can ride into it. You will just be there and then a thunderstorm will just happen around you or on top of you. On top of you, you know, there'll be a mission and it will be a thunderstorm. Anyway, that's by the by. So maybe seven years of additional gaming hardware and technology improvements have made lightning storms look better. Who knew? Did you do much um, skinning of animals? Yeah. Don't waste. At one moment, I had this quandary. Does my horse care? I got really concerned for some reason. You got really concerned. Well, my horse is the war horse. So in a way, it's kind of slightly more believable, but not really. Like, I am sure if I just got off my horse and just like cut up another horse in front of it, it would be a bit freaked out. But it's totally fine with it. I'm kind of surprised too. The horse just does not react at all to you butchering an animal right in front of it. Many, many, many. Many, 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 many animals. Talking of killing and skinning animals, have you been doing the Master of, like, Master of Survival, Master Sharpshooting? I think it's called Master of Quests, whatever. These these other challenges for, like, wilderness survival. I've started on three of them, but I've, one is not started. So... For one of them in particular, it tasked me with killing and skinning six deer. But it literally means deer. So bucks, like male deer, don't count, which surprised me. And the other thing is, you have to do them in order. So I literally got attacked by a pack of wolves, like five or six wolves, and had to kill them all. And then later on, I had a random encounter in the wilderness where someone was being chased by a pack of wolves. And again, I had to kill the wolves to save them. So there's five or six wolves. So I just killed like a dozen wolves. And then I encountered another deer. So I killed it and skinned it. And I was like, congratulations, you completed level two of whatever. Now you have to kill five wolves and skin them. It's like, I just killed like a dozen wolves. Even though they're in your inventory, they won't. Doesn't count. 
And it's the same thing with the collecting stuff as well. I collected a bunch of Desert Sage, but I hadn't picked Fever Few. And then I picked the last Fever Few and it was like, now collect six Desert Sage. And it's like, I just collected a bunch of Desert Sage. I'm going to collect six more now. Anyway, it's a nitpick. That's annoying though. It is annoying. Do you want to talk about your newspaper? Yeah, this is quite cool. I don't know. You've, I, I didn't even know this was in the game. It's like one of the last things I did when I was just wandering around. I saw a dude selling a newspaper. That's where the bounties are, right? It, it's not like the... Ba- well, maybe it's near where the bounties are, but it's not like the ones that are stuck in the wall. It's literally a guy selling newspapers. He's standing on a pile of newspapers and he's just like waving them in the air. And you can go over and pay him a dollar. Or can you stick a gun to his... <laughs> I didn't try... Dollar. I'm, I'm, I'm being an I'm being an upstanding citizen and paying for. It is customary to pay for goods and services. Okay, I don't know what happens if you just cap him and if you can just take a newspaper. So, anyway, I was reading the paper. It's quite interesting because it, it's literally like an image that you can zoom in on and read the stories. It's not like it's just like blurry whatever, and it just says, "Oh, you just go to quest." It's literally a whole page of text that you can read in detail, and it's got quite interesting like cultural and you know, like events from the time. So your exploits are chronicled in the newspaper sometimes or missions you've done. Like they, they talk about the massacre at Ridgewood Farm, which is one of the missions you did with, you know, Marshall. There's also like really totally, totally un-PC, but I guess that's what the world was like at the time. You know, comments like one that stood out for me is there's a story about a local politician who is like, in a embroiled in a race scandal because he's not enforcing racial segregation laws properly and he allowed coloured people to sit in church at the same time as good white folk. And I was like, this is so funny. It's like the opposite of today. You know, I was like, wow. Because it's not even actually that long ago, if you think about it. Pretty crazy. That, Yeah, pretty shocking. They also talk about Chinese people rioting in Mexico. I thought that was quite funny too, for, you know, poor work conditions. The cappuccino is just subpar. That that's what they mean by poor work conditions, right? Are there any benefits to paying that one dollar? No, I think it's just for flavor. One dollar for flavor. It's just world building. It's nice. And, and it's it it is nice. This is this I is may not like, buy the paper though. <laughs> this is like why I found the Destiny Two trailer awkward to watch. They're just like throwing the story under the bus. I like story. I'm playing these games for story. That's the thing, actually. Do you play these games for story? Or you're playing them for like the mechanics of shooting stuff? For the mechanics of shooting stuff. Really? The mechanics of the shooting stuff is boring. It is a bit boring. Yeah, I'm yeah. finding it now. The story is what's it, the story is what makes these games interesting to play. The good thing about G, no, I say GTA. GTA, Red Dead, is that the characters are amusing. They are fun. And I I know there's payoff in this story. Oh, but it is long. <laughs> but it is long. Oh, dear. Interesting. Interesting thing. It's funny, though, because we previously commented, or I had previously said to you, or you had told me that you'd never played an RPG. Does this count as an RPG? Does GTA count as an RPG? In some sense, surely. You're playing a role. You are playing the role of John Marston. You are playing the role of Nico Bellic. You know, does GTA, does RDR count as an RPG? What makes a game an RPG? Surely it's playing a role. But then doesn't Mario count? <laughs> oh no, I've gone too reductionist. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> 
I don't know. What role are you really playing with Mario? You're just eating mushrooms and hallucinating. You are playing that role, though. You are playing that role. <laughs> okay, touche, touche. Next checkpoint. Next checkpoint. In Mexico. Finish. Cowards die many times. See you there. <laughs> See you there, gringo. Yes, yes. <laughs> See you there, gringo. Is that, is that an appropriate accent? I can't. Do- oh, dear. I need, to do, I need to work on my accents. They're perfect. I don't know why you need to work on them. <laughs> They're perfect. You can't possibly get any better. A rich career in voice acting awaits you. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.an.ting at lostlevels.club. You can find us on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. You can find us on YouTube. There is no catchy URL because we don't have 100 subscribers. Link is in the show notes. Please subscribe to us so we can have a catchy URL. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Are we on Reddit? We are on Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So Michael says bye. Bye bye. Oh, and he's also grateful. I'm grateful that we've got yet another three-day week coming up. Can you believe this? Hong Kong is outrageous with its bank holidays. Not that I'm complaining. It's only 14 public holidays a year. Is that it? There's more than that. It's like 17. Maybe some are on Saturdays. Yeah, that's true. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.